Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of I've Got Something to Say. Please enjoy this encore presentation. I'd be giving you a news story, but I'm in Alabama frolicking in the surf because they're all about that and not getting an abortion because that, not so much. It's totally fine. I have a lot more stories. That you do. Yeah. <laughs> that you do. Guilty as charged <laughs> with the stories. <laughs> everybody welcome to this week's edition of i've got something to say i'm chris whiting and this week i'll be telling the story of fear and bloating in los angeles so there's a quote from david joseph schwartz that says think little goals and expect little achievements think big goals and win big success well little goals are okay and I've set several little goals throughout my life. Uh, one of them several years ago, I had been a little chub-chub, just a little overweight. Actually, not as overweight as I am now. But I wanted to do something about it. And at the time, my mom and my sister and some neighbors were all in Weight Watchers. And they're like, hey, why don't you give it a shot? So I was like, okay, I'll go to Weight Watchers. What the heck? And the system was easy enough. You were given points, which I think is how it still works. And you would eat the number of points that you had. And if you did that, you would lose the weight. True to their word, uh, I followed what they told me to do. And I did lose the weight. And my goal weight was 15 pounds less than what I weighed when I started the program. Now, another piece of this was every week when you would go to weigh in for that accountability, they had meetings. And in the meetings, people would share successes and they'd give you tips and tricks and all kinds of things to help in your weight loss journey. And I didn't go to the meetings, but after several weeks, I went and I weighed in and they said, hey, you've hit your goal weight and, you know, high fives and hugs and chest bumps and everybody was happy. And then they said, hey, um, we've got a meeting going on right now. It would be great. If you would go in and share your success with everyone in the meeting. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll go share the success. Although I, I will say even going in, I was a little sheepish about the whole thing because I knew there would be a lot of people in there that really struggled with weight. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, I didn't want to offend anyone, but I went in and they interrupted what was going on is, hey, everybody, we want to introduce Chris Whiting. He's met his goal weight today and just a huge round of applause from everybody in the meeting and um, very nice, very accepting. And then they opened it up to questions. And of course, the first question out of the gate was, so how much weight did you have to lose to hit your goal? And I said, 15 pounds. And you could see all of the faces just fall in the group. I mean, not not everybody was very obese, but many people were. And it just had to be so deflating to have somebody come in and think, oh, if they did it, I can do Oh, they just lost 15 pounds. What a dick. So I I was happy. I met my goal, but I felt a little bad that I pissed off so many people by doing it. Um, so that was an, an instance in my life where I set a little goal and achieved it. And, um, just like the quote said, um, 
I had a little achievement and that felt great, even though it ticked some people off. Other times in my life, and not too many times, but other times I've set bigger, more ambitious goals. And, you know, the second half of that quote, think big goals and win big success. I don't know that the big success has always turned out, but at least it's typically a better story when I've set a bigger goal. So I I was thinking about, okay, when is a time that I've set a bigger goal? And um, about the same time as I was going through my 15-pound weight loss journey, I was uh, working, and this was back when the the company was doing a little better than it was now, and everybody had a, a pretty decent budget every year for personal and professional development. So most people would pick a conference that they wanted to go to, and that was their professional development. The company would pay for it. You'd go, you'd learn stuff, you'd bring it back. Uh, Well, my good friend, Monica, who is much more ambitious than me when it comes to setting big goals and going after them, came to me and said, hey, I've got a great idea. And at the time, we were on a video team in learning and development, and we were wanting to go away from traditional learning videos and move into reality, uh, like reality television, but reality training So this whole reality television thing was newer at the time than it is now. She's like, what if we could get somebody on a real reality TV show to let us come on to that show, spend some time with them, see how they make it. So then we can adapt that to the training that we make. And I'm like, all right, sure. That sounds like fun. I have no idea where to begin. So we just decided what the heck we're going to try and make it happen. So we would spend about an hour a week. We'd get together, reserve a conference room and just look up different producers of different reality shows. And we made many calls over, you know, I think it was three or four weeks and, and got nowhere. And then finally, one day we got a hold of a guy named Matt Kunitz, who was a big reality television producer still is. I believe, I think he's still in the game and he was the producer of fear factor at the time. So somehow, I don't remember what Monica said, but we got put through to Matt, said, hey, here's our deal. We're two people that we we work in training. We want to do reality training. We think it'd be great if we could just come and witness what you do, see how you do it, and then we could apply it. And he's like, uh, who's paying for this? Right, well, Sprint's going to pay for it. He's like, Okay, I don't care. I'm at a casting call. Yes, I'll put you through to my secretary, set it up. I don't care. Like, oh, my God, we are actually going to do this. So we go out to L.A. We're going to spend a week on the set of Fear Factor. Um, It was super cool. And the first night we got out there, I mean, we're just giddy. Just like, oh, my God, I can't believe tomorrow we are going to the set of Fear Factor. This is nuts. We're going to see real reality TV. We're probably going to meet Joe Rogan. Holy cow. We could become famous. Who knows? So we go out to dinner that night and, you know, it's always nice to be eating on the company's dime. So we go out, have a delicious dinner. We're sitting outside dining al fresca. I believe they call that. And we see a TV show walk up to the restaurant where we are. And it's two people on a dating show. So we run over them like, hey, can we follow you around? So we spend that entire evening following around a Hispanic dating show, having no idea what they were saying at any time. But, oh, my gosh, we're just soaking it in. I mean, we are going to change the world of training based on everything we're learning from this. So then we get to go onto the set of Fear Factor. And one of the biggest lessons I learned right out of the gate is there is nothing real about reality television. So the first day we're in 
like it's not really casting call, but they are talking to the contestants that are going to be on the show that week. It's in a hotel. They come into the room. It's like, hey, so tell us who you are, contestant one. Well, my name's Jeannie. I'm an actress. I'm trying to make it big. They're like, no, your name's Brenda, and you're from Iowa, or your family owns a horse farm. Got it? Okay. Next person comes in. Well, my name's Dan. I'm out here trying to be an actor. Nope. Your name's Peter, and you're a high school teacher, along with your wife from Alabama, and you're really excited to come out here on Fear Factor and inspire your students. So it was stuff like that. Just nothing about it was real. But it was so much fun. And we got to meet Joe Rogan, who is a complete trip. The guy told us um, about his issues with his mom. He told us how mushrooms are the reason that man became man instead of staying in a chimp-like state for uh, all of our existence. Just really fascinating stuff. Um, Something else that stood out to me from the trip was like the gross stunt. You know, I don't know how many of you have watched Fear Factor, but you'd have to do something gross every week, like eat a whole raw ostrich egg or be buried in maggots. On, on our week, it was you had to go bobbing for cow hooves in castor oil, kind of like bobbing for apples, but instead of water, it was castor oil. And instead of apples, it was cow hooves. And they would make these interns on the show try all of the stunts beforehand just to make sure that it was safe. So these people were getting paid like 150, 200 bucks a week. There'd be six or eight of them that would live together in an apartment, could barely afford it on what they were making. And they would have to do these disgusting stunts, the scary stunts. Everything was tried out on interns first to make sure that it was safe for everyone else. Um, But it also dawned on me that, wow, those poor things, but my God, they were going after their dreams. They all wanted to make it in LA and there they were. And it wasn't lost on me that, you know, me being little goal guy, um, never really went after it like they did. So as much as I felt sorry for him, I thought, well, at the very least, they're going to have a great story about this experience. And even if it doesn't pan out, they'll be able to talk about their days when, you know, they got paid a hundred bucks a week to Bob for cow hooves in castor oil. Um, every morning, Monica and I would start off with breakfast on the beach, We found this restaurant by the hotel where they had tables in the sand and we would sit there barefoot and have, I don't remember what it was called, but it was scrambled eggs with avocado, cream cheese, and Jack cheese. It was so delicious. And then we'd go to the set and craft services was there. And I guess For famous people that work on movie sets, it's like no big deal to have this incredible buffet spread out. But my God, I went nuts. Just a never ending supply of delicious food. So between the breakfast and, you know, the expense account meals at night and craft services all day, I'm sure all of that 15 pounds I lost came back. I I ate like a king for a week. And then... At the very end of the week, we were to go home on Friday, which was the last day of shooting. Joe Rogan had kind of taken a shining to me and Monica, or maybe mostly to Monica. But he invited us to come to his comedy show at one of the big comedy clubs in L.A. that Friday night um, to be his guest, sit in the front row, and then hang out with him on Friday night. And we were both like, well, I don't know. I need to get back and see my family. One, One of the... 
big regrets in my life. Like, how often do you get invited by Joe Rogan to hang out with him? And I turned it down to spend one more day with my family. Just stupid. So, um, <laughs> so going back, tying this back to the quote at the first, you know, think little goals and expect little achievements. Check. Think big goals and win big success. You know, I, I don't know that I won big success, but this whole thing, thinking about this and, and reviewing this story in my head has served as a little reminder to me that little goals can be fun, but they can also piss people off that are struggling with their weight and bigger goals, while not always leading to success, at least end up in interesting stories. So that's this edition of I've Got Something to Say. I'm Chris Whiting. Hey, as always, if you've got questions or comments or there's a story that I've been involved in in your life that you think I should share, reach out to me on email at cwhiting11 at gmail.com. I would be remiss if I didn't thank once again KCTK Radio and my good friend Paul for producing this and making this all possible. I will talk to you again next week. Let's see if we can catch Chris. Chris, Chris, Chris. Chris, hi. Hmm? Yes. Hello. Amazing performance this evening. Uh, just wanted to catch you before you went into the locker rooms. Just a few questions. You know, I was expecting just another story, but you basically told two stories within one. Why did you come up with this approach at this particular moment? You know, that's, that is actually a great question. I, I had written a list of stories I wanted to tell, and in that story was the whole Joe Rogan thing. And for whatever reason, I was thinking about how Monica had pushed me to do something bigger than I would normally do. And that got me to thinking about goals in general. I'm like, well, what what goals have I accomplished myself? And the first thing that comes to mind is losing 15 pounds with Weight Watchers. Now, were you really a little chub-chub? When you look back at it, were you chub-chub? Did people call you chub-chub, chubby, fat-ass, whatever it may be? I don't think anybody... When I looked in the mirror, I was like, mm, yeah, someone's a little chub-chub. Um, but nobody ever called me Fatty Fatty or Big Pants or um, anything like that. Very good. Very good. Now, do you have a new little goal that you are, are striving for? Oh, God. See, I was afraid this would come up. And no, I don't. So I guess this is like my wake-up call to set some little goals and some big goals. And finally, are you still in contact with fellow podcaster Joe Rogan? That's an excellent question. I haven't spoken to Joe in a long time. But now that we're both in the same field, like before we were in reality television, reality training, paths cross. Now that we're both in podcasting, hopefully paths will cross again. I'd love to hang out with Joe again. Well, I hope that happens. Thanks a lot, Chris, for your time. There he goes, folks, our little achiever. Thanks, Chris.